What's up and happy Wednesday fam. I hope that you guys are doing well. I hope that you had a good three-day weekend and I hope that you took some time to reflect on how and why we have some of the freedoms that we do in our country and I know right now is a very touch-and-go time. I know there's a lot of angst and anxiety that resides within some of us and our system but we do have to give thanks to those who put their lives on the line for us. And so I hope that while you were enjoying your long weekend that you did remember to say thank you in your heart of hearts to the people who were defending our freedoms. And now we are getting ready for the show. I had the opportunity to speak with Mr. Devin Teeple. And Devin is someone that I actually met through LinkedIn it's amazing to see how much of um, our contact that I've been making has been through LinkedIn for so many different things, but he is a leader and a motivator. He's an entrepreneur. Not only is he a mental health advocate, but he also played in the Frontier League, which you'll learn a little bit about here in this episode, but he has been sober for 14, almost 15 months now, so he is absolutely a phenomenal person. He lives in Canada, and we just kind of talked about his journey through sobriety and how different it was from, obviously, mine and possibly some other people. I really want you to listen to this episode because while he doesn't go to meetings, he does other things to take care of his mental health, and one day he knew that he needed to quit drinking, and he made that decision. And it was just a very interesting and eye-opening way for me to learn about sobriety because he was able to have the wherewithal to really go, I have a problem and I really don't want to be like this anymore. So please listen to his story. There is a little bit of interference because we are having some technical issues. I buffed it out as best I could, but the episode is still fantastic. And I really hope that you are enjoying the people that we have on our episodes here. And please let me know if there's someone that you want to hear about or a subject you want to hear about because we will definitely enter those in so that we can make sure we are talking to anybody and everybody to help you stay sober. But let's get into today's episode and let me know what you think. Hi, and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. My name is Sherry, and I am your host. Every Wednesday, we get together and we talk about our journey in sobriety, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. I've been sober for over 10 years now, and I realized that one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was just putting the plug in the jug and not drinking. I never took care of my emotional sobriety, did my step work, or was fully involved in the program until it was almost too late. This is my story, my experience strength and hope and what life is like for me on a daily basis as a recovering alcoholic and addict. I am so glad that you are with me and now let's get into it. Good morning everybody. Happy Wednesday. This is Sherry, your host and today we have a special guest. His name is Devin Teeple and I met him on LinkedIn we both have um, a mutual interest, but you guys are not going to believe this. We actually don't know each other. I just said, hey, I see that you're really proud of your sobriety. Would you love to come and talk to us about it? And he said, sure. So welcome, Devin, to the show. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. I'm uh, you know, flattered and uh, humbled to be here. So thank you for the invite. Absolutely. Um, so, Devin, 
like we said, I don't know much about you. Um, I do see that you're heavily involved in baseball like I am. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background, what you do, and then we'll kind of just go from there and talk about your story. Yeah, sounds good. So I guess, uh, wow, that's a bit of a, a loaded question, Sherry. So I'll try, I'll try to keep it <laughs> short. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll start with the, uh, the baseball background. Uh, you know, born and raised in a small town, uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, Canada. So population, you know, I think is, is approximately 15,000, give or take. Ontario, uh, Canada, you know, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, about uh, 15, 20 minutes from Buffalo, four hours from, or sorry, about uh, an hour and a half from Toronto, give or take. So, you know, um, you know, nice, quiet area. Um, you know, the parents gave me a uh, you know, phenomenal uh, opportunity to, um, you know, play baseball and, uh, you know, grow, uh, you know, after, after all these years and, uh, you know, nothing but, but fond memories about, uh, you know, about Niagara. And that's where I started baseball, probably around six or so from, well, geez, from when I was about, uh, 12 or 13, uh, travel baseball, which took us all, all over Ontario, into uh, the state, you know, Buffalo, uh, Detroit. Are we connected? Uh, oh, hey, Sherry, I'm back. I think I think I lost you, Sherry. I'm back. Now. You did, but I'm patient and I am here. I lost you at um, Buffalo, New York, and uh, or Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo, New York, and about six or seven in travel ball. So from, from the travel ball, you know, it gave us an opportunity to, to travel all over Ontario, build uh, the border, uh, Buffalo, and, um, you know, obviously play against some great competition. From there, uh, was able to uh, receive a scholarship to work college in Nebraska, which is now York University. And, uh, you know, about 500 people uh, in that school, but... You know, it allowed me to start from day one, and uh, you know, I won't lie, we weren't we weren't a good team this first couple of years. But you know, it was a a program that was sort of a you know, quite a bit of a rebuild uh, project. And you know, by the time my junior and senior season came around, you know, we had uh, a new coach uh, came from California, brought in a lot of guys from California that really you know stepped up our game, you know, really put us on a level that. Uh, you know, allowed us to perform the way we should perform, and uh, we received national uh, national votes. Um, you know, and really did some good things for the program. The program's thriving now with uh, um, leadership that was from uh, former players that were on our team that are now leading the program. And it's it's great to see what they're doing, right? And uh, you know, and of course, you know, playing professionally, uh, played in the Frontier League, uh, independent baseball. For, uh, for friend a in the Frontier League that. right now. Yes, you are. Yeah, no, not me. A friend of mine. He um just okay. did, he's up there right now, and he absolutely he says it's different, but he absolutely absolutely loves it. Yeah, yeah, and I and I thought I read somewhere that you were involved in the league somehow. I wasn't sure. I may be mistaken, but um yeah, you know what the uh, Frontier League independent mm -hmm. baseball gave me the opportunity to, to live out that dream. And, uh, you know, that's something that I will never forget. You know, I got paid to play baseball, which is, which is fantastic. But, 
you know, the players on our team, you know, there's um, uh, one guy on our team that was mentioning Moneyball, Dave Beck, the creature. Uh, we had uh, a few guys on our team that, you know, played at you know, levels of AAA, uh, AA. Uh, a couple of our guys uh, actually made it to uh, AAA uh, in Oakland, you know, after uh, spending some time uh, in the Frontier League and down the Gateway Grizzlies, which was, you know, great to see, right? Because it just proves that, you know, no matter what level of uh, athletics you're at, whether it's baseball, football, hockey, anything, you know, if you have talent, people are going to find you. Oh, yeah. And this this was just proof positive, right? You know, you know, uh, I had the opportunity to, to live out a dream. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm one person from a small town that, uh, you know, in Ontario that, you know, obviously in, in Canada, we're, we're known for hockey, right? But, you yes. know, um, <laughs> it, now, now, you know, with, you know, the accessibility that we have to showcase our skills, right? You know, Canada is becoming a, a bigger haven for, uh, you know, baseball. You know, Blue Jays, uh, of course, are, are doing some great things. And, uh, yeah, it was a phenomenal experience and, you know, um, one that I will never, ever forget. That's for sure. That is absolutely awesome. And actually, you are right. I'm involved in the league a little bit in two different aspects. I work for a... Um, company called Twins Daily. We are one of the only approved um, fan-based news outlets for Minnesota Twins, and it has brought me so much joy. Um, mm-hmm. I really realized, like you said, how many different levels of baseball there are, and I actually have a friend who couldn't get picked up right away, and now he's playing... Um, for the Maryland Blue Crabs, and yep. I had never heard of that team before. I had never heard of that league before. So learning about the Frontier League and learning about what he's doing out there have been absolutely awesome. And there's just so many things about baseball that, you know, people don't realize. I think it's funny because people seem to think that the guys in – um single a through triple a are not professional ball players or the guys in the frontier league are not professional but if you're getting paid to do something you're a professional right like you're absolutely a pro you might not be playing you know in one of the 30 big teams but you are definitely a professional and i absolutely have learned a lot about how the frontier league and these other um smaller atlantic leagues can actually feed into um, LB. So that's really cool. I love that. I did not know that about you. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if you saw it. I did post uh, on my Wellness Wednesday today, I interviewed uh, Bill Rogan. Uh, he reached out to me a few months ago, um, you know, because he's coaching in the Pecos League, which is uh, it's it's uh, not one of the big four indie leagues, but – it's been around going on 13 years now, which is phenomenal for independent baseball. And uh, yeah, so Bill reached out to me about trying to get some exposure for some of his uh, players that were trying to get to the next level, which allowed me to interview uh, um, one of his uh, players, Drake Ayala, and led me to an interview yesterday with Bill where he talked about the importance of the Pecos League, the importance of independent baseball in the grand scheme of things where it allows people to get that, um, you know, that exposure where, you know, if you're not, you know, one of the top, you know, 200 prospects in, in the game, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't get drafted, you know, you're playing at a small school and you're not getting, uh, you know, the, the looks 
from the scouts, so to speak. You know, the Pecos League has provided those opportunities for a lot of those players. And, and, you know, those players are getting to play in the higher levels of independent baseball. They're getting picked up um, by uh, affiliated teams. You know, they're getting, you know, they're in in lower uh, minor league levels. Uh, Some have made it to professional baseball, uh, you know, by way of the Pecos League. So, you know what? doesn't matter what league you're in. You know, if you can throw strikes, if you can hit the ball, people are going to find you, right? And that's, you know, that's the beauty of this game. And the relationship. You know, if you have talent, someone will see you. Right? how small the world is once you get into baseball. Exactly. And exactly. I love that exactly. because the family aspect of everything is so insane. And the people that are willing to help me with my nonprofit and my HBCU players and my team and creating all these opportunities for them because it's it's amazing the baseball community a lot like the sobriety community is all about taking care of our own and Mm -hmm. making sure that we help the next generation whatever that generation looks like so i love that you've had these opportunities because it just once again (laughs) shows me how awesome the baseball community is i've said it better myself sherry it's great so, so you tell made... me a little bit oh, about... Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Sherry. So tell go me ahead. a little bit about your sobriety journey. When yeah. did all of this, you know, we say, well, when did you start drinking? For me, when I really sat down and thought about it, I realized that around 12, 13, 14, I started drinking. When did I realize that it was a problem? Well, not until I got sober. So tell me a little bit about your history and what you have done throughout all of this business and playing baseball because we do know a couple of people who have had addiction problems and cocaine was huge in the 80s obviously and Mm -hmm. um, you know so talk to me a little bit about how you got through baseball what's your uh, sobriety story what's your addiction story yeah no one's no one's ever really asked me about the sobriety story so that's uh this will be a first you know, I just kind of, you know, started posting some things, you know, over the past year, right? I think it's at, uh, you know, 14, 15 months. I haven't had uh, uh, any alcohol, which, uh, you know, thinking back is uh, is bizarre and crazy. And I uh, never thought um, I would go this long without having a drink. And, you know, looking back, back on it, it, it probably... You know what? Thinking back, you know, I, I've always had a drink, regardless, right? You know, whether it be at a restaurant, uh, in the evening, at lunch, you know, it's one or two, right? You know, and um, whether it was the frequency or the amount, I'm not really sure, but you know, I always remember in my whole life, you know, uh, I go out at any point, you know, you go to the bar with your friends, you go to the restaurant, uh, you go to a game a barbecue, you know, you're always bringing booze, right? You're always bringing some sort of beverage, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, vodka, gin, a beer, whatever it is, you know, it just, it just became a regular occurrence. And, you know, there really wasn't any point where I thought, you know, things are out of control, but maybe I could, you know, cut back. Right, you know, for health reasons, you know, maybe um, instead of having 
two, three, four, five, six on a weekend or, or whatever. You know, you tie one on on a weekend because the fights are on or the, the World Series on, whatever it is. Right? It could be a hundred different things. You know, there is, you know, that point where you think, you know, maybe, you know, I don't need to drink after work or I don't need to have a drink while I'm watching TV or watching the game or whatnot. And, and I think it really came to the forefront when, um, you know, uh, my son was born and um, he is, uh, he has autism. So, you know, there's the, you know, the, the added piece on, you know, how do you, you know, handle situations uh, in a calm, cool perspective. Right. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a factor, right. Is to be able to be level-headed and, uh, you know, have a, a clear mind when, you know, you're trying to take care of your family and you're trying to work and you're trying to do all these things at the same time. I think the very first time I really started thinking about, um, not drinking, I read uh, basketball junkie by Chris Karen. Uh, and, and, uh, I've had multiple conversations with Chris, you know, about his sobriety and his addiction battle and you know, what he went through. And if, uh, and if I could recommend a read basketball junkie, uh, is one that uh, I've read many times and, uh, the 3030 documentary that uh, he did, uh, through ESPN is phenomenal. I, if you just Google his name, you'll see everything that he's doing right now. But that was really the first time I um, really started thinking about, you know, what I could do differently in my life. And, you know, even going back to college, you know, uh, Chris was, um, you know, in the news a lot, right, for, for good things, you know, his basketball yeah. uh, career. And, of <laughs> course, the, the negatives, right, because he was, you know, he was in the limelight a lot with his uh, – you know, uh, addiction battles and struggles. And it's, you know, it's big time news when a player of his caliber gets uh, uh, picked out or pinpointed or, um, you know, talked about because of, of addiction, right? Oh, and absolutely. Back then, you, know, you know, I'm in school at that time and I'm, uh, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old. And like, hey, you know, this guy's playing basketball and, you know, he's, he's got all these things going on in the background. Hey, man, that's he's cool, right? You know, that's that's great. You know, he can do all this while, you know, struggling. And it's a different mindset when you're younger like that, right? And it's something you don't think about, you know, behind the scenes of what someone's going through. And, you know, when I read that book, this was going back to probably 2011. So it's it's been that long, you know, thinking about, you know, what I can do to improve upon myself as a person, how to improve my character and everything that goes on with, uh, with that. So um, I made the conscious decision one day and, you know, talking to my wife and, you know, taking into account everything, you know, with two young kids that, you know what, uh, you know, drinking isn't the most important thing in the world. And it's something that, uh, you know, maybe I should cut back on for, you know, X amount of reasons, and I think it was January 24th of uh, 2022, if I'm correct, that uh, I made I made that decision, and uh, yeah, it's been awesome. You know, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, proponent of uh, you know sharing uh, you know my journey because you never know who's listening, right? Like, right. you know, for example, we were able to connect, you know 
uh, via social media. And now we're able to talk to each other, get to know each other and learn more about, you know, our journeys because of, you know, some of the things I shared. Right. And, you know, we all, we both know, you know, mental health and addiction and struggle. It's a, it's a thing that affects a lot of people. A lot of people struggle in silence. And, you know, if someone's able to see, you know, one thing that I post or if someone's able to see this uh, conversation, you know, it may help them take that next step, right? And, you know, like I said, the very first time I read Chris Heron's book was in 20, 2011, I believe. And, uh, you know, it's taken this long to, you know, fully, fully grasp, you know, the, the impact that Absolutely. his message that his message has had on me, right? And, uh, you know, I'm proud to share that, you know, it's 14, 15 months of no, uh, no booze. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible when you think about it, right? It's, uh, it's a humbling, a humbling experience, to say the least. It really is. And when you were, you know, we go back to college and how many times have you heard an alcoholic say, you know, I thought this was the normal thing to do in college. I thought this is, you know, and then once you leave college, you're like, oh, I guess it's not that normal, but you don't realize it's truly an issue. Did you ever mm -hmm. have a coach, a player, a wife, your wife, a friend say to you, man, you know what? This is just a little bit messy. Has, has that plug ever come from someone else? Um, I, I, I think you know, conversations with my wife when, um, you know, we were talking about things, I, I, I think it came up in conversation, but I think holistically, um, I think it was time to really truthfully talk about, you know, the impact that drinking can have in the long term right yeah and and you know when you when you have the conversation about well you know maybe it's time maybe i should cut back um you know how this will affect her if i keep drinking how this will affect my uh kids you know if i if i drink and something happens you know those are um you know, those are impactful thoughts and conversations, right? That you don't really huge, think about. Huge. Yeah, you don't you don't really think about that until something bad happens, right? So, you know, there was no one really ever in, you know, my college days, in my playing days, anything like that, where um, someone said, "Hey, maybe you're drinking too much," but you never know, right? Because you know, with mental health and anxiety and depression, the things that I've talked about in the past, no one really knew about that stuff either because I was really good at hiding it, right? And, uh, you know, you become a very good actor when you're, uh, when you're dealing with things and, you know, you see all these people that are happy on the outside, but deep down that they're really struggling. And once they come out with it, you find out like, holy smokes, like those signs were there but no one really picked up on it because you never really made it a big deal. And I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it makes oh, sense it to makes me. Total, it makes sense total to me sense. In, the, <laughs> in, in the moment. And looking back now, looking back now, like, you know, there, there's probably some times, you know, yeah, you know, there, there may have been something there that I should have picked up on myself, but you know, you, you you're you become selfish and you, you're worrying about you yes. all the time. You're not worrying about, those outside factors in the environment 
that you're in, right? And you're always worried about how you look and, you know, am I going to fit in and all this other stuff that can come with that, right? It's just a Pandora's box that you start thinking about, you know, everything that contributed to the point that you're at right now. So that's a lot to unpack there. Sherry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's perfect. You know what it tells me? It tells me that you're an alcoholic. And the fact that you were oddly self-aware is really kind of cool, to be honest, Evan, because there's a lot of us alcoholics that aren't self-aware. Um, we show up in meetings to save our marriage. We show up in meetings because the judge tells us to. Our wife is going to leave us. Our husband's going to leave us. You know, so we end up in these meetings out of fear and not saying that you didn't have that fear. You obviously did. You wanted to be a good husband. You wanted to be a good father. Your, your youngest son obviously has developmental is, um, conditions, not issues that you need to be aware of. And it's at that moment of clarity when you quit drinking, when you remove the fog, when you remove the um, medication that you realize I probably should have done this in 2011 when I read that book 12 years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with having a, a virgin Caesar, right? It's no, good, not right? at all. <laughs> and I love that because the one thing that I've really been trying to hit home on, on this podcast is that everybody's story is different. Not every mm -hmm. alcoholic and addict is, are, you know, going to come to our conclusions the same way. And you sound like I was at one point before I really got bad, a very high functioning alcoholic, never mm -hmm. truly messy, but never um, unable to handle life, but probably shouldn't have been drinking as much as you did, you know, and it is a progressive disease and how much worse would things have gotten? How would you have handled your son's autism? You know, if you kept drinking, would you have drank and left your wife to deal with it? Cause you were too stressed. So mm -hmm. awareness. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. The self-awareness have, Devin is huge. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Right. Because you just think about the what ifs, right? Like what if I kept doing this and we all know, you know, COVID and uh, being locked in and all that stuff, you know, that affects everybody differently. It, um, you know, it triggers stuff. Uh, you know, you're just sitting there, right? You know, I'm just sitting here doing nothing. I'll just have a drink, whatever. You know, that one leads to two, two leads to three. And then, you know, who knows what happens after that, right? But, right. you know, like, yeah, everyone's, everyone's story is different. And um, you know what? You have to, you have to prioritize, right? And I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, have trouble realizing that, uh, you know, you have to be accountable for your actions. And if you're not, then bad things can happen, right? So <laughs> accountability is such a huge part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big word, right? It's a, it's a very simple concept that, uh, that we lose sight of sometimes. Absolutely. So how do you, um, do you attend meetings? How do you stay sober? What do you do in your daily life? meditation wise reading wise what works for you specifically you know i think uh you know, you know my writing you know uh the jamesperspective.com uh running my nonprofit is uh you know they they keep me grounded and um you know obviously you know having conversations with people like yourself 
definitely put th- puts things in perspective. You know, uh, fitness is obviously a big one. I'm a big Huge. runner. Uh, I was, I've never been a, uh, uh, a fan of running, <laughs> but, uh, you know, once, once I get going, I'm, I'm good with it. Right. And the way I look at it, you know, it's, you know, it's 45 to 60 minutes of, of time spent where nothing can bother you, right. Whether it's on the treadmill or whether you're outside, you got the, you know, you got the earbuds in and, uh, you know, loosening the music or whatever, whatever, you know, gets you by. And, uh, you know, that, that's my, uh, that's my drink, right? That's my, yes. that's my, you know, you you replace one with another in a positive, uh, positive way. Right. And it's, uh, you know, that's 45 to 60 minutes of, of this new, um, regime, so to speak that, you know, that keeps me level headed, you know, uh, seeing the, the progress I've made with, you know, weight loss and eating healthy. My wife is vegan, you know, I'm not, I'm not fully vegan. I, I have my cheat days, right? You know what I mean? Yep. But it's, it's allowed me to be um, more healthy in my eating habits. Uh, you know, staying to a plan of, okay, this is what I want to accomplish. This is what I want to do. And uh, you know, all of those things, right, uh, have allowed me to, you know, stay the course. And, you know, I think sometimes when you're having those bad days, you know, you just look for those outlets that are, um, you know, comfortable for you that keep you grounded. And of course, you know, anything I could do to, uh, you know, share what I'm doing, which could help someone else, you know, is, is always a motivating factor. So to speak. Absolutely. Well, I want to switch gears just a teensy bit because you do have a nonprofit and which is the reason you and I kind of have a little bit more in common. We both run nonprofits And I wanted to tell you this. I have a friend named Kate and she, um, I met her on TikTok. She's also involved with the Yankees and all season she's been running a mile the next day for all the, um, for all the, um, runs that the Yankees get. And so she's been consecutively running like 10, 11, 13 miles every day. That's intense. That's intense right there. That's intense. Yeah. So when she played my team, when she played the twins and they only got like one run, I was like, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You're very welcome for the break. So yes, I could never run like that, but let's talk about um, running and walking and walking tall and your nonprofit. Can you explain a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So obviously the running is a, a big thing. Uh, right now, um, you know, of course, I, I've been posting a lot about uh, running, running with a cause, running for a cause. The initiative I've, I've done for about two or three years now. Every kilometer I run uh, for the month of May for Mental Health Awareness Month, I'm donating uh, two dollars per kilometer uh, to a local uh, nonprofit or or mental health organization in uh, in North Bay, Ontario, where I'm currently residing. And, uh, you know, anytime I can post about it, whether it's on my Wellness Wednesday blog um, or post on Instagram or anything like that, you know, it's, it's focusing on um, the running aspect, staying fit, staying healthy, keeping your mind clear. And, of course, you know, the post is geared toward mental health awareness, you know, trying to keep that conversation top of mind. And, you know, instead of, you know, focusing on, on it for a week or a month, you know, let's 
ensure that we're talking about it all the time, right? Because, you know, the world's changing. The environment we're in, you know, because of COVID has changed a lot of things, right? And uh, with, uh, you know, working from home, working from the office, you know, there's a lot going behind the, behind the scenes that, uh, you know, people don't know about. So if you treat people with compassion, treat people with respect, you know, uh, it allows them to be themselves, you know, even if things, you know, may not be perfect, right? So that's really sort of the, the big picture behind all of this. And in the non-for-profit, uh, it's called Ignite Change. It is, uh, you know, I'm focusing on, you know, teaching uh, youth uh, about baseball, you know, teaching the fundamentals of the game, teaching it the right way, you know, how to throw, how to hit, how to field, you know, and I'm not about, uh, I'm not about launch angle and, uh, and that sort of thing. It's just about, you know, how can you become a better baseball player? And in the second piece of that, is is really that leadership component um you know because you know the majority um we're not going to play professional baseball we're not going to make it to the major leagues um in the majority of sports right but you know if you have a passion for athletics if you have a passion for coaching if you have a passion for being a mentor being a leader you know you can take the skills uh and the messaging and, and some of your lessons that you learned throughout your life and you can pass it on to a younger generation, um, you know, let them know that, you know, it's okay to be open about things. It's okay to speak up. It's okay to be yourself, you know, when things may not be perfect. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's really the driving force behind it. You know, again, you know, uh, you know, teaching, teaching the game the right way, you know, keeping it pure, keeping it simple, but at the same time, you know, those, those lessons that you learn on the field about leadership, about teamwork, uh, about winning, about how to lose with respect are things that you can take over into high school, into college, into the workforce, and in whatever environment that you're in, you can take those lessons, you know, from your coaches, from your mentors, and, and pass them on, right? So it's that, that really that, that pay-it-forward mindset. I absolutely love that, and that's a portion of what my nonprofit does. We help specifically minorities. We have a huge minority base here that um, really doesn't, like you said, get the looks, get the help. And so that is one thing that we are absolutely doing. And, you know, for me personally, I don't think I would understand the impact of doing the next right thing or even being able to run this not-for-profit successfully if it wasn't for my sobriety. I feel like I have something to offer these kids now in the way of understanding leadership and understanding making hard decisions. I just feel like my sobriety enhances my leadership. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I do. Right. Because, you know, you're, you're doing something that is, uh, it's, it's foreign, foreign, right. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, doing something that we're not, uh, I, I wouldn't say comfortable with, but I would say, yeah, we're not comfortable um, with it. And, and to be able to share, you know, those struggles with people, you know, shows that, you know, you can be a strong person. You're not weak, yes. right? You're, you're, you're not, um, you're not a liability. You're actually stronger than what you think. You're stronger than what others think. And, and I think, you know, what you're doing 
sharing your message, you know, having, you know, a platform like this to talk to others is a great way to show that strength sharing. Awesome. Well, thank you, Devin, for absolutely everything today. I really appreciate hearing about your, as your journey has quite literally um, just started, but I'm really enjoying watching your wellness Wednesdays and learning about you, getting to see your mustache every day. Uh, (laughs) It's absolutely um, fantastic. So I really look forward to continuing this friendship and um, I hope that you have a good rest of your day. And if you stick around for a few minutes, I have um, just a few things to clean up with. Sure. Thank you, Sherry. It's a, it's an honor and a privilege, privilege to be, uh, to be on your show. So thank you so much. eh? You are welcome. Okay. So I am going to, this will be in about two or three weeks. I have a couple of shows in front of you. And I am also from Minnesota and my husband um, loves to tell me that I'm from Canada all the time. So the fact that you're Canadian is freaking close. close. So, um, but really thank you for doing this. And I was curious, is there a way to get in touch with Mr. Heron? Uh, Yes, I can, uh, I can flip you his contact info. If he's okay with that. And uh, yeah, you can reach out to him that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll flip the info to you and you just reach out. I uh, definitely, definitely his schedule is, uh, is packed. It took me a long time at the beginning to get a hold of him, but you know, I got, uh, I got a few emails and stuff for you. I can flip your way and, uh, you know, hopefully you guys can connect for sure. That'd be awesome. Awesome. And if you, in our industry, it's really difficult. So if you know of anybody else who wants to share their experience, strength and hope, can you just let me know or let them know? We'll do. Absolutely. I will. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to end recording and sign off. And I hope you have an awesome week, Devin. Thank you, Sherry. Appreciate the. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of a Sober Girls podcast. I hope that you heard something that resonated with you and that you can take with you for the next week until we meet again. You can find me on Instagram at a Sober Girls Pod. You can also follow me and friends at Sober City Movement on Instagram as well. If you live in the Richmond area, Follow me at Sober in Richmond, where we we plan local sober meetups. Or if you're just traveling and looking for a friend in the area, there's one of us in almost every city across the continent. Struggling and need help? Just remember that you are not alone. You can reach out to me and any of my friends on Instagram. Send us a message. Or if you are in immediate need of help, Please search out your sponsor, the closest sober friend, or go online to aa.org to find a meeting that you can attend. There are also Zoom meetings, which you can find on aa.org as well. Have a safe week, and until next time, fam, be well.